in a physical sense. I'm talking in a spiritual sense. When we're all together ugly, he's all together lovely. And he lavishes his love upon us. Amen. It's so good to see you in the house of the Lord this evening. As you can see, we're uh, expanding. It's something to rejoice about. This is just a temporary step in our process to get into the new bigger building. Amen. But we've got, we've, we've got to make some room for Sunday morning. So... And I uh, encourage you on Wednesdays. I, I thank you all for being here on Wednesday. But look around. we got a little bit more room on Wednesdays. So encourage some people. Talk to some people. Get them to come out to all the ministries that are available here so they can be overcomers, especially if they're struggling. I don't say that because I'm the one preaching on Wednesday. I'm saying that we all need as much of God as we can get. Amen. So let's just take advantage of that. We'll go to the Lord one more time in prayer before we move on. And then quickly get into the word. Father God, we just thank you that you are altogether lovely, altogether beautiful and wonderful. Father God, we can't figure you out. We don't even try to. We just know that you're a great and mighty God, able to deliver us from every form of evil and just to touch our lives. And I pray that you would do that tonight, Father God, that you would touch our lives with the power of your spirit, the power of your word. God, I pray that uh, I would do justice to your word this evening, that I would be uh, covered by your anointing, Father God, and by the power of your spirit, that you would be high and lifted up and glorified in everything that's done through me and in the lives of your people. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. I'm going to continue and actually finish up with the armor of God this evening. It took a couple weeks longer than I had anticipated, but... That was the work of the Holy Spirit, so I just give him his time and I give him the room. But tonight we are going to look at the sword of the Spirit. Uh, we've been reading from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Actually, you can go into verse 20. And I, I'm going to take the time just to read. Uh, I'm not going to start at verse 10, but I'm going to start at verse 13 where it says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Putting on the armor of God because we're not battling against flesh and blood, but against the spirits of, of darkness. But therefore, put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after done everything to stand, stand firm, therefore, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. We didn't get to finish like I said. I want to conclude tonight. But so far, we've gone all the way up to the helmet of salvation, which we looked at last week. 
I want to just do a real quick refresher on that, and then we'll pick up with the sword of the Spirit. But as we learned last week concerning the helmet of salvation, uh, it is what we've learned is that our mind, church, is the seat of our thought life. And we learned that our thoughts have the power to build us up, or they have the power to tear us down. They have the power to free us, or they have the power to hold us captive and ensnare us. They have the power to move us forward, or they have the power to hold us back. What we learned is our thought life and our thought process has the power to take us into our promise or keep us from our promise. It has the power to take us into our promised land or actually to, to, to drive us into the ground like we learned last week. The reality is our thoughts have the power to drive not only us as individuals, but our thoughts have the power to drive a people and a nation. And so we've got to guard our thoughts. And it's exactly why Paul said, put on the helmet of salvation. And we do that by setting our mind on things above not on things below. If you want to be an overcomer, set your mind on things above. Set your mind on things on heaven. Set your mind on things that have to do with God and all about God and not on things below. The the helmet of salvation protects our minds from the attack of the enemy. Remember, as a man thinks, so he is. So when we set our mind on things in heaven, earth loses its power. When we set our mind on things in heaven, church, earth loses its influence in our thought life and loses its influence over our lives as well. When our mind is hidden in Christ, when our mind is hidden in the Prince of Peace, then the Prince of Darkness has no authority or power to move in our lives, church. When our mind is set on things above, things below, church... Cannot ha- they, they cannot prosper in our lives. In other words, when you set your mind on things above your enemy, your enemy has no power over your life. We learned that with David and Goliath, and that's, where I'll, that's what I'll finish up just with that statement. Remember, when David walked into the valley of Elah and faced Goliath, he set his thoughts above his enemy. He set his thoughts on things above where God is seated. He set his thoughts on things above the enemy, and it's why he was enabled to overcome the enemy. What we must remember is that we will never live above our thought process. If you think your giant is bigger than you, he will be. If you think your mountain and your hurdle is bigger than you, it will be. But when you think that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus the Lord, it doesn't matter what kind of Goliath you face or what kind of mountain you face, it will be moved. So set your mind on things above, the Bible says, and take up the helmet of salvation. Finally, in the rest of the time that we have left, Paul said, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And, and, and here's what you need to keep in mind. When you take up a sword of the Spirit, I hope you're ready to do something with it. The sword isn't to look at. The sword isn't to just admire. The sword isn't to just hold in its sheath. The sword was made to defeat the enemy. So when he says, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, Paul intends for us to do something with it. He intends us to wield it, and he intends for us to fight the good fight with it. He wants us to go into the earth. When I talk about the Word, I'm talking about this. This is the, the... the, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God, and He wants us to fight the good fight with this. He wants us, church, to go into all the earth with this. He wants us to advance the kingdom of God with this. He wants us to defeat the enemy with this. He wants us to bring sight to the blind with this. He wants us to heal the sick with this. He wants us to open prison doors with this. He wants us to set the captives free with this. This is what He wants, church. He wants us to take up the sword of the Spirit. And defeat the enemy with it. And drive demons away with it. And shine light in dark places with it. That's what the sword of the Spirit is all about. It's a, that's what the Word of God is all about. It was developed and designed to defeat the enemy and to defend the kingdom of God. Take up the sword of the Spirit and fight, Paul said. Because this is how we overcome. Remember, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the Word 
of our testimony, the Bible says. Understand, this is the word of our testimony. If it was not for Jesus Christ, who was the word, if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for his work, we wouldn't have any testimony. If it wasn't for this, the word of God, that found its way into our life, we would not have any testimony. I want us to remember, church, that this is what changed our lives. I want us to remember that this is what convicted us. This is what delivered us. This is what saved us. This is what brought us out of darkness into his glorious light. This is what broke the chains. This is what brought the scales off of our eyes. This is what sets us free. It is the word of God and the sword of the spirit. Amen. This is our testimony. The Bible says, the Word says, this is the power of God unto salvation. And this is what saved our soul. And it is what will save the soul of every individual that is lost. And it's why we've got to take out the sword of the Spirit so that we can wield it against the enemy so souls can be saved. Amen. This is the most powerful weapon of our warfare. And without it, we cannot win. Without the Word of God strapped to our side, without the Word of God being used in our lives, we cannot win the war. What we need to understand is that this Word overcame sin and death. And it's how we overcome as well. This, this Word... Remember, when I talk about this word, I'm talking about Jesus, too, because in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. He was with God in the beginning, the Bible says, and the word became flesh and it dwelt among us and it did great and mighty things on our behalf. But this, this word, church, is what conquered the cross. This word is what conquered the grave. This word is is what waged war in the unseen world against the demons of darkness and brought victory to all mankind if we trust in the word if we believe in the word you see this is the word that went to the grave and came up with the keys of the kingdom in its hands that brought freedom to you and me that opened up the doors of power and opened up the doors of freedom and opened up the doors of healing and opened up the doors of courage it was the keys of the kingdom and it comes through the word And it's brought into our lives to the sword of the Spirit, church. Listen, the Word came away victorious. The devil tried to hold it down. Sin tried to destroy it. The grave tried to hold it down. We sang all about it, but it could not keep the Word down. The Word came up victorious, church. What you and I need to realize is the Word of God did not return to the Father void. It accomplished the very purpose for which He was sent. He sent the Word, church, to save the world. And He accomplished every... The Word accomplished the reason for which it was sent. I'm talking about Jesus. He didn't return void. It's exactly why when Jesus hung on the cross and with some of the last breaths, He breathed out, It is finished! I've accomplished my mission. It's finished! I've done what my Father sent me to do. It's finished. The victory is, uh, is won. It's finished. The battle is done. Jesus did what He was sent to do. That's the power of the Word, church. It rises up victorious. And it's what will bring victory into our lives as well. I want you to know, your healing is finished because of the Word. I want you to know your victory is finished because of the Word. I want you to know every promise that God has given to us has been finished upon the cross because Jesus said it. It is finished. The battle's over and the victory is ours. And all we've got to do is claim the word. Take out the sword of the spirit and begin to do battle against the enemy that tries to take our victory away. The word which became flesh came to do one thing. And it was to conquer the cross. The Word which became flesh came to do one thing, and it was to conquer the grave. He came to wage war against sin and death, and guess what? He won the fight. He won the fight, and it's why he was able to say it's finished, because he knew he won the victory. Listen, the sword of the Spirit is the only weapon that allows us to defeat the enemy and defend the kingdom at the same time. This weapon is the only offensive weapon that's mentioned in Ephesians chapter 6. This is the weapon that you use to drive away demons. This is the weapon you use to drive away darkness. This is the weapon you use to advance 
Do you understand what I'm saying? The only way you win wars isn't by taking a defensive stance all the time. The only way you gain territory, the only way you gain ground, the only way you possess the land, the only way you step into your promise, the only way you experience healing, the only way you experience the power of God is by going forward and taking it. And you've got to do it with the sword of the Spirit. This is the offensive weapon that lets you go forward in the midst of darkness. It's This is the weapon that allows you to go forward and claim the victory that's yours. Doesn't matter how many devils are out after you. Doesn't matter how dark the day might be. This is your offensive weapon that allows you to go forward. I hope you understand that this is the, the weapon that actually causes the army of God to multiply. It saves souls. This is the recruiting tool for the army of God. This causes the kingdom of God to multiply, church. Multiplication is a sign of growth. Multiplication is a sign of something advancing and accomplishing and gaining ground and expanding its territory. We need this in order to do it. It's what's used to take the land and possess it. It is an offensive weapon to gain ground for the glory of the Lord. This is the weapon that conquered sin, and it still conquers sin today, church. David asked and answered a question in Psalm 119.9, How shall a young man keep his ways pure? He answered the same thing, but this is what he was asking. How shall a young man defeat sin? How shall a young man overcome the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life? How shall anyone in the family of God win over sin? And he answers his own question and says, by keeping it according to the word of the Lord, by guarding it with the word of God, is what David was saying. By keeping himself in the word. It's, that's, that's really what David was saying. I win the war over sin by keeping myself in the Word of God and by wielding the sword of the Spirit against sin. David in Psalm 119.11, he said, Thy word I have hid in my heart. Thy word I have put in such a place in the center of my soul. Thy word I have given a rightful place in the center of my heart. Thy word I have placed as a guard over my heart so that I may not sin against God. So that I might not sin against you, Lord. He, he, you see, David understood that the word of God is how we overcome sin. David understood that the Word of God is how we win the war over the, the demons of darkness and all the things that come against our lives. The Word of God is the weapon we must wield against our enemies, church. The truth is, when Jesus himself was tempted to sin in the wilderness, and Jesus was tempted just like you and I are tempted. The Bible says he was tempted in all ways just like you and me. But he came away victorious every time. But when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, I want you to know, which you probably do know, he overcame by the word of God. He didn't speak his own words. The Bible says that Jesus never spoke a word of his own. He spoke only the words of his father. He never did what he wanted to do. He only did what his father bid him to do. But Jesus spoke the word of God. He didn't speak his own words. He didn't quote philosophers, church. He didn't even, and I'm going to follow up on this, but he didn't even pray. He spoke the word of God. I'm not telling you, listen, I'm not telling you that when you find in yourself tempted that you shouldn't pray. I'm not telling you that when you find yourself surrounded by the enemy, you shouldn't pray. I'm not telling you to bypass prayer when you find yourself in the midst of darkness. But I'm telling you, what I am telling you is that the Word of God all by itself is powerful enough to drive away demons. Jesus spoke the Word of God. He didn't go off and pray for a half hour. He just spoke the Word of God. Listen, sometimes you don't got time to spend 15 minutes in a corner praying over a situation. Sometimes you just got to take out the sword and speak it against the enemy. Sometimes you just got to speak it out against the devil. Sometimes, listen, you just got to speak the word. And the demons will tremble. 
and darkness will flee. This is what we have to realize. Listen, my point is, yeah, pray, pray without ceasing, the Bible says. But understand how much power is in the Word of God. Understand how much power is in the sword of the Spirit, church. The truth is we can yell at the devil all we want. We can threaten the devil all we want. We can lean on our own understanding and our strength all we want. We can read all the self-help books that we want, church, but it won't chase away the devil. None of that will work until we wield the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And until we take out all that, we can't win. Until we take it out of its sheath, instead of showing it off. Mine's bigger than yours. Mine's shinier than yours. Well, mine's a King James. Mine's the real one. Until we, until we take it out of the sheath, until we dust it off, until we sharpen it up, until we begin to eat it, until we begin to devour it, until we begin to study it, until we begin to trust it, until we begin to claim it, until we begin to speak it, until we begin to do it, until we begin to obey it, church, it does us no good. The devil's not afraid of a sword that's hidden away in its sheath. He's afraid of the one that you're holding in your hand, willing to confront him. He's not afraid of the Word of God that's lying in the back seat. He's not afraid of the Word of God that's lying in a, in a lost and found. He's not afraid of the Word of God that's collecting dust up on a bookshelf. He's afraid of the Word of God that you're willing to pull out and hold up and do some battle with. That's what he's afraid of, church. This is what we have to understand. It's why so many of us are losing the battle and losing the war. It's because we don't have the Word of God in our life. Because we don't use the Word. It's because we don't know the Word. It's because we don't study the Word. Because we don't read the Word. Because we don't even carry the Word of God around. It's because we don't trust the Word. And like I said, because we don't obey the Word of God. It's why we're losing the fight, church. We have a dull sword with dull blades. And we wonder why we can't drive away the darkness. We have a dull sword with a dull blade and we wonder why it can't pierce through the, the, the ranks of the devil that seem to be surrounding us. I want you to understand that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to pierce into areas that we can't pierce into. In our, I, know, I know it can pierce our soul, but I want you to understand the Word of God is what will defeat the enemy. It cuts forward and it cuts backward. It cuts to the left and it cuts to the right. It cuts wherever you need it to cut. When you're coming against the enemy Listen to me church It's time we take out our sword It's time we begin to sharpen it It's time that we begin to use it It's time we begin to trust it and obey it So that it can do something mighty on our behalf Take up the sword of the spirit Which is the word of God Paul said Clarified it. This is the Word of God. This is the Word of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is the Word of the Creator of the universe, the Holy One of Israel. This is the Word of the first, the last, and the one who is still to come. This is the Word of God, church. There's no greater Word that we could speak. It's the highest Word known to man. It is the Word of God. This is how we set our mind above the enemy church, too. Is by the word of God. Your words have to be higher than the words of your enemy. Listen, if you try to defeat the devil with your own words, you'll get nowhere. You've got to speak above him as well. And the only way you can speak above a supernatural enemy is with the supernatural word of God. It's the only way we can do it. This is how we win the battle, church. Listen, I hope we realize that to be a Christian means to be a warrior. To be a Christian means to be a warrior of the cross of Jesus Christ. To be a Christian means to be a warrior for the kingdom of God. To be a Christian means to be a warrior for the cause of Jesus Christ. That you're willing to die for what Jesus died for. That you're willing to fight for what Paul fought for. That you're willing to go into the highways and the byways and do battle against demons. That's what it means to be a Christian. To be a Christian doesn't mean to drive a Cadillac. It doesn't mean to have your cake and eat it too. 
To be a Christian means you better be willing to fight the fight. To fight the battle. To find yourself in dark places and deserted places. To be willing to fight when you got no food in the cupboard. To be willing to fight when you got no lights. When you got no shining bright. That's what it means to be a Christian. What it means to be a Christian is to be willing to pick up the, the weaponry that God has given us. To be willing to fight, church. To wage war against the enemy. Understand wars are not won by watching. Wars are not won by watching. Wars are won by taking up the, the stuff that you need. And, and mustering up the courage that you have to. Wars are won by stepping out onto the valley of Elah like Goliath did. Running to the battle. He ran to the fight, the Bible says. That's what it means, really, to be a Christian. We've got it so messed up today. When we take on that title of Christian, what we are calling ourselves are soldiers for the cause of Jesus Christ. And we'd be better be willing to fight that fight. And that's why Paul says, take up the sword of the Spirit, because he knows we're in a fight, church. He knows that to be a Christian, there's a battle that needs to be won and a fight that has to take place, church. A lot of people would rather compromise and rather negotiate and rather play politics when it comes to fighting this spiritual fight. But please understand me, the devil doesn't negotiate. The devil doesn't play politics. The devil doesn't compromise. The devil lies, steals, kills, and destroys. He won't negotiate with you. He'll lie to you. He'll try to entice you. He'll try to seduce you. But he don't play politics. He plays to win. And he'll fight until the very end, till the last man is standing, church. But a real Christian is willing to fight. Fight the fight that needs to be fought. Listen, we cannot defend the kingdom without the, the sword of the Spirit. Like I said, this is an offensive weapon, but this is a defensive weapon as well. And we cannot defend the kingdom of God without the sword of the Spirit. We can't defend the gospel without knowing the gospel. We can't defend the gospel without having the gospel in our heart. We can't defend the kingdom of God without the sword of the Spirit. I can't defend my marriage without the sword of the Spirit. I can't defend my family without the sword of the Spirit. I can't defend my mind. I can't defend my money. I can't defend my ministry. I can't defend my brothers or sisters in the Lord without the sword of the Spirit. This is an offensive and defensive weapon as well, because trust me, the day of evil will come against us. And if the Bible said, Paul said, sometimes you've just got to stand and play defense. And you won't be able to do it without the sword of the Spirit. We must have the sword of the Spirit, church. Please understand what I'm about to say. But the truth is, not even prayer will work without the Word of God. Not even prayer will work without the Word of God, because the Word is what empowers our prayers. If you want an effective prayer life, learn how to pray the Word of God. If you want to overcome the enemy, learn how to incorporate the Word of God into your prayers. Jesus did it. We should do the same. We, we, we shouldn't spend all of our time speaking our own words without speaking some of the Word of God in our prayers, church. You, when you speak the Word of God, you're claiming victory and you're releasing the power of God into your situation. I'm not saying that all you do is, is read the Word of God. Your prayers just have to be built around the Word of God. Built upon the Word of God so that what you're stating lines up with the Word of God. So that what you're asking for lines up with the Word of God. That what you're calling into being lines up with the Word of God. So that what you're saying actually has the power to defeat the enemy and drive him away from our life. That even prayer won't work without the Word of God, church. This, this Word is what we use to move heaven on our behalf and hell out of our way. What we need to understand is that God responds to our Word. The angels of heaven respond, to, I mean, to the word of God. God responds to his own word. The, the angels in heaven respond to the word of God. They move according to the word of God. And the devil moves as well, church. The word is what we use to move heaven on our behalf. Listen, this, this past Sunday morning at 3.30 in the morning, and I don't usually talk about my own personal life from the pulpit. I always say that I want to make personal pleas from the pulpit for my personal situations. But this Sunday morning at 3.30 in the morning, the devil tried to get into my house. I mean, a, a, a thief, a, a robber, somebody 
tried at 3.30 in the morning to kick down my door. Tried to get in, tried to steal, tried to wreak havoc. I don't know what he tried to do, but he tried to get into my house. But I want you to know he didn't get in. I want you to know my door didn't budge. I want you to know that even after the fact, it, it was a kick, a hard kick upon my front door. We couldn't even find a dent on my door. I, I think what happened, I mean, I have a security bar on my door. And I know that that helped, but I'm getting to what the real, the real answer to my safety was. But what happened, I know what happened, was they kicked that door, it went nowhere, and they flew backwards off of my steps, landed on their back, flat on their back on my porch, and they ran off scared instead of me being scared. Now, what I want you to know is the devil tried to ensnare me and my family with fear, but God took that and turned it around, and he put the fear on that man, and he ran off, afraid to get caught, afraid of jail, afraid to be judged. He ran off, and God took what the devil meant for harm, turned it around for the good. I don't suggest you do that, but I chased him down until he got so far away. But as he was running, I called down God, the wrath of God, the judgment of God, the justice of God upon his life, and I called down peace and safety upon my household. I praised God for what he did. I praised God that it had really nothing to do with that security bar. It had to do with the fact that the word of God said, Though a thousand might fall by my side and ten thousand by my right side, it won't come near my tent because he is my refuge and he is my strength. We were kept safe because the word of God tells me that there is no weapon formed against me that shall prosper. I don't care who it was that came against me. The Bible said there is no weapon. We were kept safe because the Word of God tells me. Not because man tells me. Not because anybody else tells me. But because the King of Glory tells me that the Lord watches over all of those who put their trust in Him and that He sends the enemy to flight. And it's exactly what happened in my household. He kept me safe because of the Word of God tells me that He's my hiding place. That He keeps me from trouble and that He surrounds me with songs of deliverance. I want you to know at 3.30 in the morning, the angels of God surrounded my house with songs of deliverance. They began to sing out while I was sleeping. They began to sing out while that enemy crept onto God's territory. That's not my house. That's his house. It's not my family. It's his family. And when he walked onto my property, the angels began to sing songs of deliverance. And they stood guard around my house. And the enemy ran off. And I pray and believe with all of my heart that he will never come back. I anointed my house with oil. I called angels into my household and ordered them at every four corners of my property that no evil would come against me, that, he, that no weapon would prosper. Listen, does that mean he will never try to get at me again? No. Does that mean that he won't ever try to get at you again? No. But it tells me even more why I need the sword of the Spirit in my life. So it can drive away the enemy. Listen, my point is, I'm not just talking about a physical door. I'm talking about a spiritual door. I'm talking about a door to your heart and a door to your mind and a door to your marriage and a door to your money and a door to your business and a door to all of those things in your life. There is an enemy that wants to kick that down. And there will be no tool made by human hands that can defend that territory. But there is a sword. There is a word that will drive away Every form of darkness. And we need to learn how to use it, church. I'm running out of time, but I want to finish. Remember, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. This is the word that fought off the enemy that came against my house. And this is the word that will fight off the enemy that comes against yours. This is the weapon that was forged at the foundation of the earth, the Bible says. No other weapon like it. 
Not formed or fashioned by the elements. This was formed and fashioned by the hand of God Himself. Formed and fashioned at the foundation of the earth. This is the weapon that became flesh and dwelt among us, full of truth and full of glory, the Bible says. This is the weapon that was tried and found to have no fault. This is the weapon that stood before Pilate and the man said, I find no guilt in him. This is perfect without any flaw. This will never fail you in your fight. It is perfect without flaw. There is no weakness in this word. And I want you to understand that when you wrap your life in it, when you use it to defend your life, nothing will come against you, church. This is the weapon that went to the cross. This is the weapon that went to the grave. This is the weapon that conquered sin and conquered death on our behalf, church. And this is the weapon, like I said, that came up victorious. It's the weapon that was covered in the blood of the Lamb before it was covered in the blood of the enemy. This is the weapon church that ascended to the right hand of the Father, that ascended to the Father and now literally is strapped. The Bible says Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. You wear your weapon on the right side and I want you to understand the weapon ascended to the Father and now he is strapped to the right side of the Father fighting for you and me. He is a weapon that is still fighting for you and me today. The Bible says that while he is strapped to the right side of his father, he pleads for you and 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 he pleads for me. He calls angels to fight on our behalf. He is fighting for you and me today because he is strapped to the right side of the father. And any moment of any day, we can call on him to defend our lives. And defend everything that God has brought into our lives, church. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Listen, when you and I go into battle, church, this Word reminds me, before I go into battle or while I'm in the battle, this Word reminds me that I am a child of the Most High God, John 1:12. I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm not some just somebody. I'm a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and there's no enemy that has any authority over me because I am a child of God. When I go into battle, I am reminded by this word and this weapon that when I am surrounded by foes, when I feel like I'm all by myself, when there's no one else to reach out to, no one else that seems to care about me, James 2.23 tells me that I am a friend of God, that he is a friend that stick his clothes to a brother. No greater love than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. I am a friend of God. This is what this word reminds me of in the face of every battle church. When the devil comes around me and he begins to accuse me and he tells me I'm not worth the love of God. When he tells me that I'm a failure and I've blown it and God doesn't care and God doesn't listen. I want you to, re- I want you to remember that this sword, this word in Romans 5, 1 tells me that I have been justified by faith and by the blood of Jesus Christ, that I have been bought with a price and that I belong to God. It reminds me that I am his property and he'll do everything he can to defend his property. Just like I ran out of my house in my pajamas to try to chase down that guy. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm telling you that God will do way more than I could ever do. He'll chase down our enemies. He'll drive them out before us, church, because we are his children and we are his property. When we step out into the battlefield, the sword reminds me in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, that I am a member of Christ's body. It tells me that I am part of the family of God, that I've got brothers and sisters that are fighting this fight with me, that I've got brothers and sisters that are praying for me care for me, concerned about me, that I'm not the only one fighting against darkness. This is what the sword and the word reminds me, church. It reminds me that I am a chosen people, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation. It reminds me that I am filled with power and filled with purpose. The word of God reminds me that I have been adopted by the king and I am his, that I have been redeemed and forgiven of all of my sins, and that I am complete in Christ Jesus our Lord and I lack for nothing. This is what the sword of the Spirit reminds me, church. This is the sword that will fight off the attacks of the enemy. It's the sword that is inscribed with the wondrous words that I am assured 
that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. You see, when I don't know why I'm in the fight, when I don't understand the war that's raging around me, when I can't find my way through the darkness, when I feel like I'm all alone, when it feels like I am the only one waging this war, when I don't understand the battle and I don't understand the fight, this sword reminds me that all things work together for good. I might not understand it right now. I might not be able to see the outcome right now. But I know who my God is. I know and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I've committed unto Him until that day. That He can keep me through the storm. That He can keep me in the fire. That He can keep me in the lion's den. That He can get me across the Red Sea. And that He can help me cross a Jordan. This is the Word of God. This is what we listen. When you go to battle, you've got a sword that is inscribed with these wondrous words that when you're walking against Goliath, when you're walking against Goliath and he begins to roar out against you and he begins to hurl all sorts of insults against you, all you got to do is hold up the sword and read those shiny words that say, if God is for me, no one can stand against me. With God, all things are possible, and you take another step. Though 10,000 fall on this side and and 1,000 on that side, you understand what I'm saying. When you go out into the battlefield, when you have this sword in front of you, those are the words that you can read, church, that He is my ever-present help in a time of trouble. That He is my hiding place, that He's refuge and my strength, my strong tower. This is what we can read, church. We can read in 1 John 5.18 that I am born of God and the evil one cannot touch me, is what the Bible says. Lastly, when you lift up this weapon, not only can you, remember it's a two-edged sword and it's a sword that has two sides. Not only can you read one side, but the devil reads the other. And you hold it up and the devil, when the devil begins to hear the word of God, like I said, and it begins to put out in front of you, he understands that he's not fighting against flesh and blood either. He understands that he's fighting against sons and daughters of the Most High God. He understands that he's fighting against the salt of the earth and the light of the world. He understands, he begins to understand when you put this word out in front of you and you begin to march forward with it. He begins to understand and reads the fact that you have been chosen and appointed by God to go forward and bear much fruit. Not backward, not retreat. God has appointed you and God has appointed me to go forward. And when the enemy reads that, "Uh uh-oh... God has appointed this individual to go that way and not this way. And when you step out in faith, guess what? He's the one that begins to back up. He's the one that starts to get us scared. When you hold up this weapon, he's the one that can read that you and I are a personal spirit-empowered witness of Christ in Acts 1.8. That you and I are temples of the Most High God, 1 Corinthians 3.16. And that you and I are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, the Lord. It's not just for you to read. It's for him to read as well. If you and I are going to win this battle, we've got to raise up the sword of the Spirit, church. It's the only weapon that has the power to strike down supernatural enemies. It's the only weapon that has the power to pierce into the unseen world and drive away the demons of darkness. So the question is, have we wielded our weapon lately? The question is, are we speaking the word of God and are we fighting with the Spirit of God? With the sword of the spirit, rather. Last thing that I want to say, what we have to realize is that the host of heaven, like I brought up earlier, they are moved by the word of their commander. Their commander in chief is God. Their commander in chief is Jehovah God. But they are moved, the hosts of heaven are moved by the word of their commander. They are put into motion by the word of the Lord. Not by your word or my word. They're put into motion by the word of the Lord. They are sent forward according to the word of the king. When an army went out to march, they only marched forward at the word of the king. Or they, and and if, a, if a commander ordered them to go, that command came from the king. So they understood 
that if this commander ordered me to go, the king commanded me to go. So I want you to understand that the host of heaven goes forward at the command of their king. And in Psalm 103.20 it says, Bless the Lord, you his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. And here's what I want you to get before I close. David is reminding us that heaven moves according to the word of God, the word of the creator, and the word of the commander, not man. And here's what I want you to see. When Jesus hung on the cross and he was suspended between heaven and earth, all the hosts of heaven were waiting for the word to speak. Jesus is the word. You know that. And when he was hanging on the cross between heaven and earth, all the hosts of heaven, they were lined up, arrayed in power. They were lined up, arrayed in strength. They were, they, they were lined up, arrayed in might, waiting for the word to speak. They were waiting for their commander to issue a command that would release them to come to his defense. They were waiting for an order from their king. They were waiting for the word to speak and say, rescue me. They were waiting for their marching orders, church. But God didn't speak. He didn't, Jesus didn't speak an order to destroy. Jesus didn't speak an order to condemn. Jesus didn't speak this order to come down and destroy them. They were waiting for the king to call them to battle. But Jesus didn't. He went silently to slaughter like a lamb, the Bible says. Jesus could have called 10,000 angels with a command to condemn. He could have called 10,000 angels to wipe out everybody that had ever done any harm against him. But he didn't, church. He commanded forgiveness instead. He could have spoke death. He could have spoke destruction. But he spoke life and liberty and mercy and grace instead. And the host of heaven who was lined up, like I just told you, watched the word suffer on our behalf. Watch the word bleed. Watch the word get beaten. Watch the word hang on a cross. Watch the word get mocked. While they were standing there, listen, it's the host of heaven. The army of angels wanting to defend their commander and king. They stood there because he would not command them to condemn. He watched them die on a cross. They watched him, the word, go to the grave. But they also watched the word arise three days later. They also watched the word conquer sin and conquer death and come up with the keys to the kingdom in his hand. They watched the word win, church. And my point is this. If you want to win, you need that same word. You need that same power. It is only that word that will win over sin. It is only this word, the word that went to the cross, the word that went to the grave, the word that conquered sin, the word that conquered death, the word that came up victorious. It is that word that will bring victory into our lives as well. Paul said, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then he said, pray. He said, after you've done all of that, then you pray. Take the word, take all the pieces that you have and cover it all with prayer. Listen, does you no good to put on every piece of armor and not cover it in prayer? It does you no good to take up all of these things and have all of that courage and then fail before you step out on the battlefield to pray. Cover yourself in prayer. On all occasions, the Bible says, and I don't want to go long, but I want to say this on all occasions, the Bible says, Paul was leaving out that there's no occasion too big or too small that we can afford not to pray over. On all occasions, he said, pray. Put on the full armor of God so no matter how big or small your fight is, you can overcome the enemy and then cover it in prayer. So tonight you're here. Listen, church, if you're here tonight and you say, God, I I need the armor. I just want to put on the armor. I want to be more than a conqueror. God, I, I, I just want to make a commitment tonight. To be that warrior that's prepared to fight against the kingdom of darkness by doing all of these things. I just want you to stand to your feet tonight and say, God, yes, I'm going to put on the full armor tonight. I need your help. I need, however you want to say it, that's your prayer before God. But tonight, this is specifically what we're praying. We've come to a close. God, I'm going to put on the full armor, but teach me how to wield the sword. Teach me 
how to use this weapon that affords me the opportunity to win so that we can be more than conquerors. Amen. Father God, I thank you for your word this evening. I thank you for your spirit, Father, that's been here before we even got here, God. I thank you for the worship. I thank you for the hearts that have been opened, Father God, to just demonstrate their devotion to you and their love to you. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that brought forth the word. I thank you that you've, you've moved upon the hearts of your people, that you've given them ears to hear and, and hearts to, to, to receive, Father God. But now I'm praying that we would all become doers of your word. Father God, we cannot overcome without the sword of the Spirit. We cannot defend the kingdom. We cannot advance the kingdom without the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So, Father God, if we've been lax with the word, I pray that you would forgive us. God, if it's been only a decoration in our life to show off to others, God, I pray that you would forgive us. Help us, Father God, to use this sword. Help us to sharpen the sword. Help us to oil the sword. Help us to keep it from getting rusty. Help us, for, help us to keep us from hiding it, Father God, in its sheath or forgetting it and lay, laying it somewhere, God, where, where we can't afford to have it lay. I pray, God, that you would help us to put on the full armor of God to bring to our remembrance everything that we've learned over the last few weeks so that when the day of evil comes into our life, we can stand against the enemy. God, help us to be warriors. Help us to be soldiers. Help us to win the fight against the the forces of darkness, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, by the power of your presence, and by the power of your word. In Jesus' name, let us be more than conquerors tonight through Christ Jesus our Lord. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. Can we just bless the Lord tonight, church? Amen. Be a soldier. Put on the full armor of God. Go out and advance the kingdom. Amen. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you Easter Sunday. If you have a special need, I'll be happy to tarry with you. Otherwise, go be blessed.